1: Welcome to Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. Graham, uh, Liverpool losing in the Champions League final at the weekend. How did that, A, make you feel? Were you surprised by that? Were you expecting
2: them to win? Did they do enough? Um, Obviously not as happy as you, Scott, at the outcome. I'm very but, happy. Um, I did say on my... Um, preview pod, which I do, aside from this, uh, that Madrid would win 2-1 and that Vinicius getting the better of Trent Alexander would be the key. And um, I think that that was key. I was surprised by how Ancelotti outdid Klopp tactically. Valverde was a genius move putting put him there. And yeah, although there was those stat lots of shots, it didn't feel like, to me, it didn't feel like Madrid were goalmouth was under barrage of attack constantly. And I thought second half Madrid were the better team. So a really interesting game. Loved it. Sat up and watched it with my little lad. His first ever European final. So not really enjoyed it. And um, he's a Real Madrid fan. So he was delighted. Fantastic news. Uh, Toby, how are you doing?
3: Good, mate. Also enjoyed uh, Saturday's finals. thing.
1: Liverpool pile on the pressure and Real doing a great job of being Real.
3: And then uh, I agree. Second half, I thought Real were class, Casemiro was... Brilliant in defensive midfield, and Danny Carvajal pocketed Luis Diaz, who's been one of the best players for the last six months. He was barely mm. in the
1: game. Seems like Danny Carvajal was finished about two
2: years ago, and he's he was great, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was so said, good. Me and Toby said that the weekend. We talked about that. so said how, how good he was. But I also said to my son, imagine how how good this Real team are going to be when Rodriguez slots in there and let Alaba go to left back. It was um, it's a frightening prospect that Real have got going on there.
1: Even Adam was really good at the weekend as well. Uh, oh, but it, his
2: his antics are, he's just, oh, he's loves in some ways, isn't he? He really is. Why perfect? I, Real Madrid. I have a
1: lot of time for that. Somebody's got to take <laughs> Someone needs that Pepe and Sergio Ramos role. That's, That's it.
2: Yeah, he is the perfect. He's just the carbon copy of Pepe, isn't he? He really is.
1: Yes, uh, we'll be talking today about Sadio Mane, who has pretty much announced since that game that he would like to leave Liverpool this summer. Uh, We'll talk Darwin Nunes, we'll talk Ivan Perisic on his way to Spurs, Chelsea's midfield options, Jorginho and uh, Conor Gallagher in the news on this podcast today. We'll talk Newcastle, Sven Botman, Musa Diaby, we'll talk Max Corne from Burnley as well, and maybe if we have time at the end, some stuff on Nottingham Forest, who've just been promoted back to the Premier League after 23 years, which is great to see him back. Uh, Just need a few more of the old guard from the 90s now back in the Premier League with... uh, Graham's Middlesbrough missing out, but uh, maybe next year, Graham. Uh, this is obviously a brand new weekly show. We'll dig into the latest on the features of the biggest names in world football, be it players or managers. And obviously, stay tuned throughout the show for all the chat on all of those players that I've just mentioned. But let's kick off with Sadio Mane then, because obviously, Mane, Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, all out of contract in 2023 as it stands. Uh, one year left on their contracts and Mane has essentially said to Liverpool that he would like to leave the club this summer. Uh, Is that our understanding, Graham? Does this exit look likely? What do we think is going to happen with Sadio Mane's future?
2: Yeah, he hasn't actually told Liverpool he wants to leave. Scott, I think he's playing this very sensibly. His agents and him are telling Liverpool they no longer want to hold contract talks. Yes, it means the same thing, basically. But they were due to meet this week. We understand that meeting probably will still take place, but they'll be told at that meeting they don't want to discuss terms, as we understand it. We did a story a a few weeks ago, probably six now, that that Liverpool were waiting until the end of the season to talk terms with Mane. I don't think this went down very well with him or his camp, as they were talking to Mossad at the same time as well. And... Yeah, it's caught Liverpool by surprise, this has, but he's by no means out the door yet. He really isn't out the door yet. This, this could still come back to Liverpool. I know there's a lot of talks in Germany. Ironically, managers does have German agents, which some people have said to me, mm, reading out what you will, they're pushing by me very strongly, but Terms are not agreed with by Liverpool. No one spoke to Liverpool. This is tends to be a trend. I said this to you, didn't I, Toby? It's a real trend at the moment. We've seen it with Lewandowski as well, where you can go off and agree terms and wages with another club. But if you haven't even approached your current club, a deal is a long way. And I've seen reports suggesting less than £30 million pounds to get Sadio Mane. If that's the case, you'll get some championship clubs bidding. It's ridiculous price. I think and Liverpool, if that's all he's worth on the open market, they'll keep him till next summer if that's all they're going to get. Definitely, uh, T- Toby. What are you making of it?
3: Well, we spoke a little bit a few weeks ago about player power, didn't we? And the fact that the dynamic is kind of shifting, and that agents are having a more of a voice in the public domain, and players are more willing to be more open about considering their options. Um, I can see why Marne maybe feels a tad underappreciated. He's been fantastic again this season for them, and the fact that Liverpool were willing to talk to Mo Salah immediately and not talked to Mane until the end of the season, has put his back out of joint somewhat, and I get it. Um, it's interesting. I also said, I don't see Bayern Munich moving for Mane. I can't see how that fits. But the Lewandowski story is continuing to play out, that he is trying to force an exit from Barcelona, uh, to Barcelona, as, as we record this. He said another statement, basically saying, I'm not continuing at Bayern. It's the end of my career there, etc. So Bayern probably do want Mane Quite badly now. Um, And if that figure that Graham mentioned is at all achievable, they're absolutely going to do it. But I agree. 25 million for a a 30-year-old who's still at the very peak of his powers. Is there any point Liverpool selling? They might as well just hold on, surely.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one, guys, because obviously his wage, wage structure-wise, he was wanting to be the highest paid player. To a certain extent, he's wanting just above Van Dyke, about three hundred thousand pound a week, which is probably his market value. He wasn't asking more salary, pounds He wasn't asking that. He was probably. And I don't think it would put anyone's nose out at Liverpool if they gave Mani three hundred thousand. I think that's about right. Would, would he get that at Bayern Munich? I'd imagine he would. It's a very interesting one. I I, I have my suspicions here. I, I think Liverpool might fight back here. I think we might see a bit a bit of a bite back from Liverpool's end and. They won't if they don't want to make this easy for for Mane I'm not sure he's the type of player who will demand the move but as I said with what's going on at Bayern Munich at the moment it's an interesting one we saw Patrick Schick just sign his new contract because I I for life of me thought Schick would be the natural replacement for Lewandowski but he's put that to bed only last week by signing a new deal at Bayern Leverkusen who are looking having a very good summer but yeah, it's it's a really interesting how it's playing out there. Um, buying, I don't think buying or letting Lewandowski go without a replacement, and so it could be a long drawn out summer here. Not too many people on the market to replace somebody like Lewandowski, is there? There's a player we to talk to in a minute about in a minute. isn't it, Darwin Nunes is becoming, um, very topical, but we've not heard buying in for him really. Obviously, he's not cheap. You know, he's going to be expensive. There's a few out there like a Jonathan David, Os Osimen from Napoli. But again, they all come with pretty sizable pro
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, well, let's talk Darwin Nunes then because uh, Graham, there's a piece to go on 90min.com around his future. Obviously, plays at Benfica at the moment. Uh, George Mendes' representation. We all know what George Mendes can do. Uh, and Benfica are looking at potential replacements for Nunes in preparation of a sale. But what are we understanding is the latest on Darwin Nunes and which parties are we expecting to get involved in this?
2: From what we're hearing, Scott, yeah, we've done a piece that talks are going on between intermediaries, you know, read between the lines, George Mendes and the two clubs, basically. (laughs) Who who else needs to get involved? You know, he, he, he helps run both clubs. He's got very strong ties at both. clubs. Wolves. (laughs) Yeah. You know, wolves might jump in and yeah, Darwin Nunes wants to come to England. That's what we believe. Are there a lot of takers? You know, you could see maybe a Chelsea coming out of the woodwork. We've heard that Liverpool have inquired, have been kept informed of the situation. Because let's not forget with Mane, Liverpool needs someone who, else, who can play that centrally as well. So if they lose Mane, it's a big if. But no, as it stands, Manchester United are firmly at the head of the queue for Darwin Nunes. The way it's shaping out, Scott, at the moment, we understand. We, we spoke about Paul Torres, Julian Timber. Um, I think we'll hear a lot more on Frank, Frankie de Jong, the story we did a few weeks ago. I think we'll hear a lot more on that in the coming weeks. So I, with Darwin News, I think they're, they're emerging as the real four targets for United, which must excite you, Scott, a lot, because they're four wonderful players. But with Nunes, yeah, we understand that ben, it's getting to the point now where Benfica are looking around for possible help and replacements. And one surprising thing we've been informed at 90 Min is that Benfica are looking towards Watford. And possibly not even the Watford player, you might think. Not a man, not Emmanuel Dennis, not Shmele Issa. But João Pedro, the young Brazilian, who I actually quite like, actually. I think he's a very good player. And can, it is a very, you can see him doing very well in, in Portugal. He's only 20. He came over, or is he, I forget he was his age now, twenty twenty two. Anyway, he's very He's young. definitely early 20s, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's got a lot of potential. He was played that wide in the Premier League. He had nine goals in the Championship in his first season. Very good. Um, so yeah he's a player who Benfica looking at who could be brought in he wouldn't come cheap well, I say cheap he's probably 10, 12, 15 million now Watford have been relegated but I think he's a very interesting name but it shows where we are with Nunez Scott is yeah they're, they're looking for replacements they're accepting that he's going to go a fee of 68 million is being widely accepted as what it'll take to get him and That's not, you know, 68 million for Nunes if it does turn out to be that. I don't think that's a bad amount, actually. And um, it's just a little bit more than Toby's West Ham were willing to pay. And unfortunately, for Toby, it doesn't doesn't look like West Ham are getting back in this race. Just going to say, I can't believe that we're ruling
3: the massive West Ham out of this race for Darwin Nunes. But I can understand why Manchester United might be a bigger pool for him. They cannot offer him Europa League football, can't they, Scott, after all, which is the pinnacle of uh, football these days. But no, he's brilliant. Isn't it's he? the best a...
1: club competition there is, Toby.
3: Well, it was this season, but I think going into next season, everyone's eyes are going to be on the Conference League. That's where <laughs> real bread and butter of European football. But um, I did a bit of a stats dive on Darwin Nunes just to see how good he is. Um, 26 in 28 league games for Benfica last year. I'm not a big XG person, but I thought I'd have a look at those numbers as well. 15.73, which says to me that he's very, very good in front of goal if his goal ratio is 10 more than what his XG output should be. Um, six of those goals in 10 Champions League appearances. Six for two, he's deceptively quick. He can dribble. He links up play quite well. He holds the ball up well. It's, lazy.
2: He- it's lazy, isn't it, Toy? But he is he's very much... Um, Cavani-esque isn't it I know it's a very easy comparison to make but you know he there's no doubt in he has molded his game on Cavani is he you know he's grown up with him and stuff and so it's a I know it's very easy and lazy for us to link that but he is very comparable he's also good in the channel I believe he's, he drifts out to the left
3: quite a lot which we've talked about modern football forwards need to be able to kind of play across the front line so if there's interchangeable options there for Eric Ten Hag then he's going to appeal even more
1: a, is there a coming you back to you, Graham? Is there any kind of obviously listed four players that United are looking at? Is there any priority order in terms of positions?
2: It's a strange one. I think the midfield. I think De Jong. You know, if it, if that's the one he wants, really, I think I think he would also like a defensive midfielder. But he might be thinking if you put De Jong in there, might one of McFred be able to do a job behind him possibly? But let's not rule out Van der Beek. A Van der Beek De Jong midfield, I would not rule out the equation. Um, does he go through you know I do wonder does he look at a three at the back if he's bringing Timber and Torres I do wonder you know I, I'm not sure I see Timber in a back two in the Premier League given his his height and stature. of or as we said before he's been likened to a Gallas who had no problems playing in a, playing in a four but I do wonder given him out of centre-halves or is it United where the back three might be the way to go you know Harry Maguire does it very well for England on in a three so I think that's something that should be considered and you no, know, I, I, yeah, I think, I think De Young might emerge as that man who the one, but I think he's pushing for the Scott. I really is. I think he's pushing. He knows the areas he wants, so it's clearly midfield up front. You know, Cavani's leaving, isn't he? So he needs to be replaced, and and centre half, maybe surprisingly at some, it looks to be a priority, Scott.
1: Yeah, uh, United also they have obviously have uh, intentions to spend in the summer, but they also have some clearing out to do as well of a lot of players who are on, on big contracts or can potentially fetch some transfer fees. Uh, I know that Jamie Spencer, 90 min writer, once tipped Anthony Martial to score hundreds of Premier League goals. I don't think that's going to happen uh, unless he ends up moving to a Premier League rival at some point. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a busy it's, summer it's for United. It's interesting
2: you mentioned, Marshall, because I think that loan as well will, you know, that, that was all United's fears rolled into one. They paid for that loan, let him, to go, let him go out there with the risk that if he doesn't do it, his market value has dropped off a cliff. Mm-hmm. He had the likes of Dortmund, Inter, uh, we know looking at him, it was um, also, there was the Atletico Madrid looking at him strongly before he went on this ill-fated loan move to Seville. And, and and PSG were looking as well, Scott, they liked him in January. Now, you know, who's going to take him now?
3: Did he we'll score a Liga
2: goal for Sevilla? I don't think he did, did he? No, and the Seville fans, I know a lot of them like to blame him for their... They dropped down to fourth place, I think, didn't they? they were. Ch- when he joined them, let's not forget, Seville were challenging for the title at that point. Yes, I'll, I'll also
3: add that he was anonymous against West Ham in the Europa League, which was lovely because he's been our... Um,
1: Enemy. On his yeah, he team. scored a few against West Ham, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, and a nice little tie-in here, actually. Man- Manchester United once tried to replace, or Jose Mourinho once wanted to replace Anthony Martial with Ivan Perisic, uh, all those years ago. Didn't get his wish. Mm. United stuck to their guns, kept Martial, and it's not really worked out for them. And now Ivan Perisic is on his way to Spurs, by the looks of it. Uh, how do we? What do we make of this, Graham? Is it? Is this? As done as we understand it to be, is this a good signing for them?
2: Yeah, it's a done deal. He rejected Juventus and a uh, deal to stay at Inter and Chelsea to go to Tottenham. So he's a wanted man. It's it's an interesting day. I think it tells us how how Antonio sorry wants to play Antonio Conte wants to play going forward. He's clearly wanting even more attacking wing backs. I thought Reguilón. We did okay for them, I thought he was okay, not a bad signing from a previous regime, I thought he was pretty good I think it may be a sign that he may be on his way out, because we know Sessignon did very well, so Perisic and Sessignon, I don't think there's any room for Region. I wonder where we, we see him going back to the Burnabout, he was linked, and so I think he could have a role to play there, possibly but he's an interesting option for someone, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll tell us as well what he wants to do on the right hand side I think you'll see him now going out to get that right wing back, and I do wonder whether they go back for a Damatari. I wouldn't be surprised. So I think, I think by signing Perisic, it does tell us the way he's going to balance this team out.
1: Perisic is a two-footed player with a bit of a killer instinct as well. Uh, you know, he's. I think I was speaking to a Tottenham fan earlier today, and I think the frustration with the wing backs was that when they get into those positions to put a cross in to, yeah. you know, to square it to Harry Kane or something like that, or they have a chance to shoot on goal on hasn't really done it. But Toby, it's a good signing for Spurs, isn't it, despite his age?
3: Oh, it's a brilliant signing. Yeah, he's 33, but watching him play, he doesn't play like a 33-year-old. He's got the energy of a 26-, 27-year-old player in his prime. He, he rarely lets you down, um, I think is the thing you can say about Perisic. And he can be overwhelmingly good. Um, we saw it in the World Cup, um, on the international stage, how devastating he can be. And he's had great success at Inter. Um Interestingly, he actually left Inter, didn't he, during Conte's first season to go on loan at Bayern Munich and then came back in Conte's second season. They won Serie A and he was a key figure for him. And you touched on Reggie on there, Graham. I think he did do a, a relatively good job, but he had some howling games as well. And defensively, he's not up to much. And there's a twenty seven and a half million pounds buyback clause, I believe, for Real Madrid. I still exists. Mm-hmm. I think it still exists. Um, I think it was two years after he left. So that possibly runs until September. And of course, Marcelo has announced that he's leaving. So Real Madrid might need an additional left back. That doesn't really blow the budget too much if they want to take him back. Um, And Cessignon did quite well towards the end of the season. So I can see him being the backup to Perisic going forward.
1: Uh, Graham, you mentioned that uh, Perisic turned down Chelsea uh, to rejoin Conte at Tottenham ties us in nicely to the midfield chat because we've we've spoken about Chelsea in the last few weeks uh obviously Conor Gallagher and midfield's going to be a a a position that needs addressing this summer let's just say it that way because Conor Gallagher's had a good season at Crystal Palace uh technically or he's due to come back from a loan deal with them what happens with him but we also understand that Chelsea are looking at potentially moving on some of the older heads in midfield, one of them being Jorginho, is that right?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting circumstance at Chelsea because I do understand from people within the club that they are pushing Tuchel to, to switch to a back four, allowing an extra midfielder. Ideally, they would like Mason Mount to drop back in there. You know, they, Can you imagine a, a Kovacic Mount? And Gallagher midfield but be pretty, pretty mouth-watching, really. Um, but obviously, as it stands, they don't do that because they've got a back three. But yeah, Jorginho and Kante, I think we spoke about this before, they're both out of contract in 2023. And they're not going to give big new contracts to both these players. And Jorginho is the easiest to move, and that's what we understand. And he does quite fancy a move back to, to Italy. There's interest from Juventus, Latio, Sarri loves him. There's a chance for him to go back there. So, I think there's a big chance that Jorginho just leave this summer. We with, with the best wishes of the club, but you know we need to make room. Gallagher's coming back. I don't buy into any of this. That the that from my understanding is that Gallagher's set for talks with Tuchel, and we'll make it clear that he wants to play for Chelsea, and I think he'll get that chance, and I don't think he'll look back. I think. I think Gallagher will go on to be a better player than Mason Mount, personally. I like Mason Mount a, a lot, but I think I just think Gallagher's just a special. Big statement, Toby.
3: It's a big statement, isn't it? Because Mason Mount is the hot property at Chelsea, and he can play in multiple positions. I think that's what makes Mount so good, is that mm. he's um, versatile enough to play in central midfield. He can play as a 10, he can play on the left. Sonic um, Gallagher's got a great skill set, and he had a very good season under... Patrick Vieira at Crystal Palace, and I'd be very surprised if he were to leave Chelsea to go on loan again. I think he's ready. Um, and I think he's got a better all round game than Jorginho, and crucially, he's more mobile. Jorginho's, what, 30, has had a couple of injuries this season. He's only going to get slower. Gallagher's 22, 23. It's proven he can do it now. It's the logical step for Chelsea to look forward. And I don't think there's much of a risk, to be honest. So. Get Jorginho off the books, get a small fee, it doesn't have to be a big fee.
2: Um, I think what helps Gallagher as well, obviously, Toby, is the fact that Chelsea have missed out on too many. Um, so I think that will be a big boost to Gallagher because I think if it got him, I think there may have been that option to loan him out again. But the fact they've missed out on him, obviously, his talks with Madrid are ongoing, but I think the fact they missed out on him tells us there'll be a chance for Gallagher. It also did tell us that they, watched, they were wanting to make changes in there. The fact that they, they were in for him tells us they, they, they were looking to change things up anyway.
1: Yeah, Chelsea have uh, promoted from within over the last few years. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think, uh, but there's obviously a lot of academy talent in that team. Conor Gallagher, looking like he might be able to get his chance. Obviously, Levi Colwell as well, Graham, uh, played in the playoff final. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Chelsea do but they've got a lot of positions to address central midfield being one of them up front being another
2: left back as well where, as we reported on 90 minutes two weeks ago Scott it does look like Emerson will be the understudy to Ben well this season with Alonso they are trying to move on yes indeed
1: let's move up to Newcastle Graham uh, because obviously we can't do a transfer show without Newcastle chat Sven Botman, Moussa Diaby talk to me
2: Yes the, the, the United Who will be Dominating the Transfer window We suspect Sven Botman, Yeah Is an interesting one he, We do cover a lot Of these Newcastle players Where we're coming back To a lot It's like January All over again Isn't it For us In Newcastle Ekiteki is a name Who we now know And love We'll be coming back To him Very soon I believe Next few weeks We'll be keeping An eye on Ekiteki I know The delight in Both your eyes That Ekiteki Will be in the Headlines again but Sven Bottman, yeah, Sven Bottman was a player who, who Newcastle went for very early in January. The player wanted to go, but then there was that thought of keeping him for the Champions League run, which they did. But then AC Milan made their move around February time, Paolo, led by Paolo Maldini. he He's agreed to move to, to the San Siro, but there's been an issue emerged there with the new owners at AC Milan where they've been waiting. But the strange thing is with this one, I've been talking to some Milan sources where... Milan are not happy with what Beckman, Botman's agents have been doing because Renato Sanchez isn't in the same situation where they're waiting for the takeover to go through. It's imminent. And then they'll go through the agreed to move and it'll happen. We're not seeing Renato Sanchez being linked with any other club. We know he's going to Milan. It's agreed. Botman was agreed. But, you know, Botman's people haven't been happy. The fact it hasn't gone through. They were speaking to Alessio Ramagnoli again at Milan about keeping him. So now Botman's agents have gone out there and said to all the interested parties, look, this deal isn't done. You can still get him. And Newcastle being a player they love, their interest has been twe- tweaked again. It's emerged again. And and this has got a real chance happening, guys. Newcastle love Botman, whether we agree with that or not. I'm not his, huge as fan, his biggest fan. You know, I saw him late to United, which didn't make any sense given that Eric Tanhart didn't rate him at Ajax. <laughs> so why would he rate him at United? And this is what, Yeah, I think Newcastle are trying for this to try to get him. It's a reasonable price, and yeah. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Whether it's Milan takeover, I'm not massively up to date on that, but it's meant to be going through in the next two weeks. But Milan are not impressed with what Botman's been doing the last few days, and his agents. You know, we can always blame the agents. It probably is their fault anyway. Um. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on this one. This is really interesting. Newcastle do want a centre half, and another one they've just missed out on in the last week. Um, was Diego Carlos, who Aston Villa stepped up to take. A, a player who interested a lot of teams, West Ham, Tottenham. They all like the look of this guy, but the thing with Villa, they're not sitting around. They're, they're going for these players. They're not umming and erring with anyone. They went and got Diego Carlos done. So, great. yeah, but Sven Botman, he's got a chance for Newcastle, wouldn't I think next few weeks we'll see It's um, time with the Milan takeover or not. But, yeah, um, and then again, who we didn't think we'd be talking so much about, but, yeah, he's very much in Newcastle sights once again. What of Musa Diaby? An interesting player, yeah. And another one who PSG have let go. I didn't realise he was a former PSG player. The same as Unkunku. Mm-hmm. PSG, whoever is, is in charge of their youth ranks, is doing a great job of bringing them through, but then a horrendous job of keeping them. <laughs> you know, these are two young players who could be challenging for their first team. Unkunku will come back to, but Diaby yeah, is a player who Newcastle have identified, seemingly. Newcastle do want a winger in this window. We saw the were after Jack Harrison as well. We know they like Rafinha. So with Diaby as well, and I've said this, and Toby knows, I'm, I do not like Alan Sam Maximum. I think it's the most glorified winger in Europe. You want to share his
3: output, G, against the, the big Premier ah, League? Ah,
2: yes, I haven't shared this with Scott. Scott, in, in, in Alan Sam Maximum's time at Newcastle, what, approaching three years now, how many goals or assists do you think he's got against the top four?
1: The the current top four.
2: Yeah, considering he's the most successful... I know he scored against Man United last year. Yeah, we don't include Man United
1: Yeah, they're not top four anymore. Uh,
2: Goals and assists combined? Yeah.
1: Under 10? One one well I was in right three
2: years <laughs> so that to that to so me that just sums up his output it, yeah you don't sign Newcastle don't want a winner who's just going to do it against Burnley every week is, it's, it's ridiculous and so I think Sam Maxwell. we said we we did do a story in this a few weeks ago where he's not getting a pay rise out of Newcastle he said some nasty things in the French press that Eddie Howe managed very well but that wouldn't have gone down well I think they're replacing Sam Maxim on to a lesser extent, because he wasn't even in first-team rec- recognition anyway, he's going to go. But I think Sam Maximum will be replaced here. And I think Diaby is one player. They think they can get him for £50 million. He's one of the best wingers in Germany. He's, I've got to get this right, he's right-footed and comes in on his left, as is as is the modern-day phenomenon. When was last time with a winger who just played on the same side as what he kicked with? It's a very strange thing.
1: Leroy it? Sane is the only one who really jumps yeah. out at me there. To be honest,
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's not many of them nowadays. There's not many shouts to get to the byline and put it in anymore. Yeah. Is there? There's not none of the old Stuart Ripley's of this world. We've already spoken about one, Ivan Perisic, but he's obviously playing more as a wing back now. Yeah, yeah, he's I nasty thought, converted. Yeah, he on the left as well. And, and Trippier, I guess Trippier does that for Newcastle, so they do suit the wings come in. Diaby, yeah, he. This is a player who Newcastle like. They're in for. The chatter downplay their budget, but yeah, Diaby is a he's a very good player, and we think it'll take just over fifty million to get him out of Leverkusen, who are not in a hurry to sell. I think by Leverkusen, if they keep up their transfer window, they could challenge Dortmund next year. Adam Halozek, Schickisten, if they keep Diaby, a very very good team. But yeah, Newcastle like this guy, but like this boy guys and um, a very exciting talent and I think Newcastle are trying to go for young talent that is one thing that's coming through there'll be a few established names but the likes of Diaby, Ekiteki if they do go into Europe and spend money it'll be for a young prospect
1: yes it's
3: definitely the right way to go Newcastle know, though, don't they, that they need to strengthen in the wing department. They've got Sir maximum, but who else have they got? Ryan Fraser, Jacob Murphy? That doesn't align with their... Well, own.
2: Joel, yeah, Joe Linton ended up out there quite a lot. And um, we'll see. Again, Newcastle, we knew this was coming. I think they've been linked after more players than, than we know. And Lucas Paquetta, another one who... Isn't a winger but can play out wide. Bruno's friends, he's been pictured in the. It's always nice to see players pictured in the North East, and I think Bruno gave him a Newcastle shirt, but I think he'll be a bit too expensive, Paquetta, personally. But I think Diaby is in there, is what they would like to spend on a player and, and invest in. Uh, Lucas Paquetta,
3: sorry, last thing, Scott. Didn't do it against West Ham in the Europa League either, so I
2: wouldn't
3: sign him. <laughs> don't worry about it.
1: Very important litmus test. Can, can they do it against West Ham? If not, they're not worth it. Uh, did Max Corney do it against West Ham, Toby? Max Cornet, Uh You know what? I can't remember if Max Cornet did it against us.
3: Um, but I'll tell you what he did do, or has done, generated the interest of basically half of the Premier League. Um, Burnley have obviously gone down. He signed a five-year deal at Burnley when he joined last summer, but a £17.5 million relegation release clause was in that contract. That's obviously now active, and he is a player who can play left midfield, left wing. He can play up front in a two if necessary. He can even play at left back. Um, And we did a story on 90min.com at the back end of last week to say that West Ham, Newcastle, Brighton, Everton, Wolves, Palace, Fulham, even Arsenal and Tottenham are looking at Corne. The latter two as a potential option to cover at, at fullback. fullback, um, And he's wanted in Spain, Germany and Italy as well. He's probably one of the more in-demand players on the market. And for 17500000 1000000 million, he'd be a steal for most of those sides. Um, it's interesting as well. He actually only played, I do love my stats, 55% of minutes for Burnley last season. You just wonder, would they have gone down? if he'd been playing a bit more. And that was actually Sean Dice's decision for a lot of it. He wasn't injured. He was just on the bench. Um, and But he scored nine goals. He's got quality. And, you know, Burnley missed that. They didn't have any real quality. Veghorst didn't really deliver when he came in in January. And Corne was kind of the man to to get them on the cusp of survival. But
2: he will now leave. That's a certainty, Graham. Yeah, uh, he's probably the most in-demand player of this Burnley squad. Just... It's, I wouldn't say decimated, but there's a lot of players going to leave. We know Takowski, Me. Josh Brownhill, who's obviously likely heading to the London Stadium. So we've been taking a keen interest in him. Very good player. Nick Pope as well, the England goalkeeper. He'll be looking to move on. But yeah, Cornea's the most intriguing. 17 and a half million. What does that buy you in England nowadays? That's that's a championship midfield now, isn't it? It's you can't sign Premier League players for that, so no wonder all these teams are looking seventy and a half million for a, play, a proven Premier League performer. I didn't realize he scored nine goals, Toby. Nine goals in that Burnley team is a lot. Is a lot it in is. that in that Burnley team. I watched them play. Any player getting nine there is tantamount to twenty elsewhere. It really is. And continuity players on the left, no, um, a wonderful sign for someone.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a little bit a bit of a surprise to see him actually turn up at Burnley in the first place. I think, but Burnley have. Uh... Does it work this way? Have they been replaced in the Premier League by Nottingham Forest who won the playoff final
2: against Huddersfield at Wembley? Well, I guess they were the last team to come up, so man. They
1: were technically and Burnie the last team to go down. So, you know, I think we can probably pass that. Forest, it's good to have them back. Maybe a bit lucky with some of those penalty decisions that they... A bit? A wow. bit. Maybe a bit
2: lucky. bit lucky. We won't get controversial here, yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, but Graham, so what, what's happening with the Forest squad now? Because obviously they've got a few players in on loan. Uh, you know, Brennan Johnson has been linked with a lot of different clubs as well, but he's just come up. Uh, kind of exciting, excited about him, Welsh international. Hopefully he can fire us forward and to the World Cup if he gets on the pitch at the weekend. Uh, but what's, uh, you take us wherever you want to go, Graham. Yeah.
2: Well, obviously there's a lot of, deals to be done here for Forrest the first deal I want to do is for Jed Spence Middlesbrough's second choice right back who is on loan at City Ground he's not Isaiah Spence but he's a good he's not Jones but he's a good player and Middlesbrough hoping to get around 17 million for him Arsenal and uh, Tottenham were looking very strongly but I believe he'll be staying at Forest from what I hear they'll pay the money why wouldn't he he loves playing with Steve Cooper gets the best out of him same with Brennan Johnson and it's a really interesting one. Brennan Johnson really does complicate the the winger market Toby's own West Ham are trying to sign Keane, Lewis Potter, but a lot of these same teams who were looking at Lewis Potter were looking at Johnson. He won't be moving now; he'll be signing a new deal. Uh, Joe Worrell in defence did wonderfully well, and I think James Garner from your own Manchester United, I think he'll be staying put. So, this Forest getting promoted will complicate things for a number of teams, and it'll. Um, but I think they'll, they will spend money. And I say it'll take a lot of money to get Jed Spencer in 17 million, we think, but a new contracts elsewhere. But a very exciting addition to the Premier League for us. But I don't think they'll be doing a Norwich. I don't think they'll be just be hanging around. Their, new, their Greek owners are going to be, yeah, not dishing out Newcastle type money, but I think they'll give it a good go.
1: Do you have them staying up, Toby? And a question I wanted to ask you earlier as well is, will Newcastle finish
2: above West Ham next season? Uh well, I'm going to answer no on that just because I have full faith in David Moyes. But we've got we've got we've got our United bets, haven't we? I'll 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 say I'll go Newcastle, Toby, West Ham, Scott, Manu. See who who comes out on top. The United.
3: <laughs> it will be the fight for sixth. Um, no, I, th- I think West Ham can still outdo Newcastle, even though I fancy the Magpies to have a good season. Unfortunately, will Forest stay up? Maybe Steve Cooper is a really good manager and he's done an incredible job there because they were
2: Preeve, str- lad. Watch I, love- out for, I think the thing is to Cooper as well, guys. Watch out which young, which young English players he gets on loan. He's really trusted amongst a lot of Premier League managers to, mm-hmm. to, to really bring your young players along. So he, he will have first dibs at a lot of good young players. Look what he's done to Chet Spence. He's most in demand right back in England almost from Middlesbrough Reserves. So I think, yeah, keep an eye out on what they do in the transfer market. But that loan market, I think um, Forrest could do some really good business on the back of Steve Cooper. Don't forget, Steve Cooper had the power to get Connor
3: Gallagher out of his Charlton loan spell when he was at Swansea because Chelsea wanted him to work under Steve Cooper. Halfway through the season, they cut that one short. So I agree. I think Forest yeah. is going to be an attractive proposition for players to go and develop. Um and I would put them on a on a par with Brentford in terms of ability to survive. I thought Brentford were going to stay up last year and obviously I was proven correct. Um, they did far better than I thought they would, but Forest, I think, are of the same ilk. Steve Cooper is like Thomas Frank; he's a good coach, and a good manager, and a good tactician. And I think they will um, they will work it out quite quickly, even if it takes them a few games to find their feet. They'll adapt, and they'll
1: they'll be all right. Fingers crossed! It's good to. I'd like to see them stay up because I'd like to see them be in the Premier League for just a few years. It's good to have them back, uh, growing up in the in the nineties or whatever. You know, obviously we all know Forest history, but it was good to have them in the league. United once beat them 8-1 as well at the city ground. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, that would be a nice three points for United next season because I don't know where half of them are coming from at the moment, to be honest. But <laughs> yes, uh, thank you very much. We need to we need to scoot now, but please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey and at Toby underscore Cudworth. This is Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the 90 Min Podcast Network. Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you soon.